Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert. And I'm joined, as always, by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? I feel like we need a voice over that Fikey, that new Fikey media stinger. <clears throat> like the old TNA guy. Like, and have him just go like, this is Fikey media. That would be really cool. I think he's dead, actually, you know, now that I said that. He did, he did die just last year. So well, that was one of the things that I was going to do. I was going to do something for the entire network, send it to my cousin and have him do it. That would be cool. Um, yeah, it just feels like, and I know if I told him that I thought that I was like, I don't want to, you know, ask for too much. He'd probably tell me to shut up that you know, just ask and I'll take care of you. But because, um, you know, he did the breaking news for us. Oh, yeah, he, he does us stuff for us. Yeah, I, yeah. Got no I don't know. If, yeah. I don't know if we're in the position where we could just do that for the whole network. I think Garrett might be like, hey, guys, a little too far. But. I saw it today. I'm like, you know, I think this needs an audio stinger with it, like a, 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 you know, some VO with it. I think that would be, I think that would make it pop. Yeah. And I know, and I know we're going to get into a kind of a somber story, but let's, let's, let's talk about something fun really quick. Let's kick off the show with something fun because I think people come here because they like to have a little bit of fun and we're Mm -hmm. a fun show and and impacts the fun show. So we, we, we have a lot of fun recapping that. So, you know, the, uh, the slap fight deal, right? We'll start with, let, let's, I don't want to talk too much about slap fight, but so that thing just completely shit the bed, right? It's you know one of the worst ideas in the history of television. It's it's right up there with uh what was it? Maury Povich went into like the one of the tombs, right? You remember that? You remember that? Her- uh, Geraldo Rivera. It was, it was found El Capone's vault. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I had that way wrong, by the way. Maury Povich. Finally I Maury Geraldo. Same thing. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, and I knew it was a tomb or a vault. I guess so Al Capone's vault, and then there was nothing in it, right? It was like some some papers or something. Yeah. Okay. Um. So it it was so funny. Um. And I was kind of making fun making fun of it, you know, on on Twitter, saying, "Well, if you really are an AEW fan, you'll support Slap Fight." I and saw that. Dana White's Tony Tony Khan and Dana White are legitimately really good friends, and that is true, by the way. That is true. Like, you know, if you support AEW, then you must support uh, Slap Fight, right? Because AEW at- fans. The, yeah, the slap leads. You must support slap-leats. Dana and the slap leads. Slap um, leads. That's what it was. And then I, I made this joke, and our buddy Kevin Ely from um, from the uh, the Boom podcast, uh, he loved it. So I wanted to share the story here. I said on Twitter, yeah, I said on Twitter that uh, you know uh, Scott Coker. What we need is a uh, Scott Coker doing a uh, Scott Coker's dick punch, dick punch. Com- coming soon to to Access TV and the <laughs> Network. Um, yeah. And uh, he, he got a kick out of that. And then me and Justin started coming up with an idea to do kind of an intro drop, like a commercial for it saying, coming soon to Access TV, Scott Coker's dick punch. Support your local cock knocker. See, now that we could get your cousin to deal for our show yeah. and it would be fine. I think every other show <laughs> would think it's low brow. But on yeah. this show, yeah, it's kind of low brow. So, you know, we're, we're you know, it, impacts and all that. Yeah. Impact is lowbrow by nature, so yes. that's why we—that's why it works so well for our show. It's a company that employed Vince Russo for nearly a decade, off and on. So you can't <laughs> yeah. be any lower brow than that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I just—I just thought that was pretty funny. And when you talked about the drop for Fight Game Media, I was—that made me think of the the dick punch joke. Two two hundred some odd thousand viewers in your first week. And you on, took and you took an absolute beating publicly. Pardon the pun. Yeah. Like, and you got to look like a clown. Excuse me. And you got to look like a clown because the geniuses at Warner Media would not let them do a Jay Briscoe tribute show. 
but we'll let wife beater Dana White have his little fun side project that absolutely tanks our network. Good call, Warner Discovery. Did it again. Dude, dude Slap Fight lost what two thirds of the lead in audience from, from Dynamite? Dynamite damn was over nine hundred, right? Damn near three quarters, my friend. Yeah. I mean, Dynamite was about nine hundred. Slap fight was just over two hundred. Nine sixty-nine. And slap fight was not even a third of that, right? Yeah. Like, like they were well like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Damn near That's... a quarter of the people who watch Dynamite. And I bet it was less. I bet some of those people that stumbled upon Slapnut or uh, Slapnuts, slap, sorry, slap DNA nuts. podcast, um, <laughs> uh, Slap Fight were people who just kind of wanted to check out who more UFC loyalists yeah. looking to support the slap leads, which, by the way, the problem with slap fighting, there's a lot of problems with slap fighting. The big one as a viewer is once I've seen someone get knocked his ass knocked out once from a slap, I'm like, good. Like, yeah. like I'm like, I watched one. I'm like, okay, they're all going to be like that. Like, <laughs> no problem in that. No stupid. Here's why slap fighting is really stupid. You just sit there and let someone slap the absolute piss out of you. Yeah. That's it. That, so, um, I, you know, I always make a joke that I like, oh, I don't have any dignity. You know, I'll watch anything and yada, yada, yada. I, I, I just joke about that. Well, when I first started my website, the website that you wrote for at one point Combat in time, that's how, we, that's how we became uh, friends, Combat Republic. Um, I, I had like a kind of a promotional thing with Fight TV to where like they I remember. would send – I yeah. got free shows. I miss those <laughs> yeah. days. <laughs> yeah, you you won contests all the time. Constantly. Crazy. I was winning yeah. like every month. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would do these contests to give out free fight TV codes. And like the gag was you had to follow me and you had to follow whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, they would send me these contests all the time just to just as like a promotional thing. And I would and I was happy to do it because uh, it got me more followers and it got people to read my blog and stuff like that. And I I never turned any of them down. I was doing like all kinds of like karate shows, kickboxing, Thai boxing. I did one for uh, John Moxley's movie that came out. John Moxley and Christian oh, yeah. Cage actually had a movie, like an MMA movie that came out. Like I did promotional ones for that one. And I was like, oh, this good. is great. It was okay. Yeah. I, I, but I like cheap BC level action movies and that's yeah. kind of what it was. So I, I thought I dug it. Okay. With I, had G, I had Gina Gershon in it from, you know, those eighties late night showtime oh, movies. I, right? I know of Gina Gershon yeah. quite well, my friend. <laughs> so they, that to me. Yeah. So they, they asked me to, to do one for a slap fight show. Cause that's where Dana first saw it was on fight TV. And I took a look at that and was like, no, I only turned down two pay-per-views from them to, to do. I was like, oh, you know, I don't think I could do this one. And I just came up with an excuse. I just lied. Um, it was that one. And then there was a, a pillow fight where it was like chicks pillow fighting. And I'm just like, I'm not, you know, like that's the last thing I need to get involved with. You know, my wife sees me tweeting that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we're not getting into that nonsense. But uh, so those were the two things that I turned down, slap fighting and pillow fighting. I don't know what TV. I mean, let's take out the fact that it's really stupid. Like, yeah, the man slapped his wife on video not three weeks ago. So, it, but you know what? You want to know what's worse? And I and so what? we're actually we wanted to we I'll tell you we we wanted Please. to start the show with a Jay Briscoe tribute, and we're gonna we get to that. Completely pooch that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, so but I wanted to tell a funny story at the beginning of it. So, um, because I wanted to start the show off lighthearted like we typically do, right? So, what's worse about the slap thing and the slap was terrible. Don't get me wrong, but you know, Jay Briscoe, God rest his soul. Yeah. Um, 
you know, years and years ago, had a home, had a couple of homophobic tweets that they were awful, terrible, inexcusable. Right? He repented, and he did it for years. And these jackoffs at Warner Warner Media wouldn't give the guy a shot, wouldn't give the guy a chance. Right? Um, Dana White did the same thing, used the same language. But he did it in an interview, in a video that came out. And I watched the video right as it happened against a, another journalist named Loretta Hunt. Said the same awful shit to her that, that Jay Briscoe was saying on, on Twitter. And it was even worse because he went and attacked this person who was gay. And he said awful, awful things that you would say about a lesbian woman. And you, you, you guys know the slurs that I'm talking about. He said them all, right, and got called out on it, okay? And, and, and in Dana White's defense, he repented too. But the difference is Dana White has power, and Dana White makes the money, so he was all easily forgiven, right? And so at least they thought he didn't make Warner Discovery any money. That's for sure. I think they did because I guarantee you, Slap Fight is a pay for play deal. I think they're buying that TV time, right? Yeah. Because they and they're doing it, and that's how UFC got on to Spike TV originally. Was they paid for they paid for the time to get on TV? I think that's what they're doing. You think they're paying? You think Slap Fight's paying for that, or you think they got a deal because it's Dana White? Endeavor. I assumed Endeavor's behind it in some way, shape, or form. So this is no, this is not Endeavor. This is not Dana White. Okay. This is Dana White and Lorenzo Fertitta. This is their side hustle. This is a Zufa kind of side hustle thing. So it's um, still I'm so sure. Zufa, the bones of Zufa, but it's Zufa, man. Like these are guys with yeah. a lot of. It wasn't like I mean, this is this is essentially a startup. But I bet they got. I mean, do we know? Has Dave talked about this in the Observer? I haven't seen that. Do they have a time I, by deal or? I that is, so what that might just be Mike's assumption. That that might be just me. I, I just couldn't imagine them getting any money for that. That is a question for Brandon Howard Thurston that I would like to have an answer, to be honest with you, is what kind of a TV yeah. deal did Dana White scam Warner Discovery? Because David Zasloff just makes one great decision after another. He has done nothing but <laughs> tremendous things as the president of Warner Brother Meet, Warner Discovery, whatever it's called now. Yeah. What an absolute shit show this company continues to be week in and week out. Yeah. Um, well, we had a big tragedy in the week of uh, pro wrestling earlier this week on uh, Tuesday. Um, one of one of my favorites, man, and I think we actually even said it on the show here recently when we were talking about the the dog collar match between FTR and uh, the Briscoes. Um, Jay Briscoe died in a car accident on Tuesday night. Um, he was uh, driving his kids. Uh, I, I don't know the details of the story, and I'll be honest, I don't really want to get into them. I just know that he's gone, um, and we we loved him dearly. You know, I um, I w- was never a big Ring of Honor watcher, but every time I did watch the the act, the act that caught my attention the most, that always resonated with me, the act that I enjoyed watching the most was the the Briscoe brothers. Um, and Jay was the Jay was the leader of that team. Jay was, uh, you know, every time Jay spoke, every time he was in the ring, I always thought like that's a bad motherfucker. Like I know this is all this is all stupid. This is all you know grab ass or whatever it is, but I think that guy could actually hurt you. Like he had that kind of credibility with with me just as a viewer, and I know exactly what I'm watching. It just felt like if that was a guy on the street, he would kick my ass. And and honestly, that's probably pretty true. Um, but he. He was just one of the greatest that there ever was. And because, and we, we talked about it earlier on the audio show, um, 
because of those awful, awful tweets that he made, it hindered the rest of his career. And despite the fact that he repented time and time again, that he was forgiven time and time again. There are so many people in this world who are incapable of grace and mercy, but I guarantee you the moment that they want it, they'll be the, the biggest ones to ask for it. And they'll be crying and begging and they won't handle it as half as good as he did whenever he went and repented, whenever he asked for grace and whenever he asked for another chance, they won't handle it as well as he did. Um, you know, there are still some people out there that never gave him a shot, but you know what? Guess what? They didn't give him a shot. He never went to WWE and that's fine. Um, you know, they, the Briscoe's got that farm there. He was able to raise his kids. He was able to be with his kids. He was able to be a football coach and a, a, a community leader there in Delaware and his hometown, I think it's called Laurel, Delaware. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're learning more and more about the man, Jay Briscoe. Um, the more and more I'm going to miss him as a wrestling fan. I've talked extensively that, um, I always was a more of a Ring of Honor fan than a TNA fan. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I just, uh, just you, you look back at the Facebook memories, and I think I shared it last week that it was nine years ago last week that I stumbled upon Raw and kind of reignited my fandom. And it didn't take very long for me to get tired of WWE because I don't really like it all that much. And I found Ring of Honor. Right. And immediately, because I remember the Briscoes when they were young, but I didn't get to see them grow up. Right. I saw them when they were the young guys in, in ROH. And then I checked out for a while. And when I came back, Jay Briscoe grew up. Right. And he turned into one of the most intimidating looking men in professional wrestling. <laughs> he had these he had these eyes that when he would cut a promo, even when it was hilarious, which it often was hilarious, would like burn with intensity. Yeah. Right. And there was no one that was a, a better promo than Jay Briscoe. Right. There was just and him and Mark had this great dichotomy between them like jay would just do his tangents and mark would be like the drummer in the background just accenting it perfectly <laughs> when it needed it like mark he, he was he was ringo in the back totally, much like totally. ringo he was he would say goofy funny stuff in the back too <laughs> he knew how to he knew how to accent his brother he knew how to play mm-hmm. off his brother and and just make it work 10 times better and i often think about jay briscoe is the epitome of what happened to the professional wrestling business in 2020, in 2002, right? When WCW and ECW contracted, this big void was open. TNA or ROH sprung up. We talk about it. Jay Briscoe was a damn good professional wrestler who most fans don't know, didn't know who he was until the last year, unless you were a Ring of Honor fan, unless you watched New Japan, right? But this guy's always been good. If WCW had survived, the Briscoes would have made their way to WCW. Mm-hmm. If ECW had survived, Paul oh, Heyman what? would have been all over those guys. Absolutely. Like, and it's the tragedy. People are like, oh, he never got a shot in WWE. Let's be real. Let's be real. Mark and Jay Briscoe represent everything that Vince McMahon hates. Mm-hmm. They're unabashedly Southern, right? They are the people that Vince can't stand the most. They are people who don't, who would not do well reading dialogue who don't need it, right? They didn't need WWE, which they don't like those people. And I get sick when I think of the Orlando Jordans and the, the what the QAnon mm-hmm. idiot in Florida, Matt Morgan and all those guys that had opportunities when the Briscoes didn't have anything from them, yeah. right? And it's, but at the same time, they would have been a joke, Vince mm-hmm. would have heard their voices and he would have made them a comedy act. And they probably would have done good, but they'd, they'd have been the Bushwhackers. They would have been the Bushwhackers. Yeah. And like, here's what I find great about them. 
if you were to describe Mark and Jay Briscoe to your 2022 typical internet wrestling fan, they would hate them. Yeah. Unabashedly Southern draped in the, for most of their career, draped in the stars and bars, super religious, right? Yet everybody loved them. They were able to transcend stereotypes. They were able to transcend people's, um, people's preconceived notions of what people from that part of the world are right. And a lot of that has to do with the kind of men that, that man that Mark is and that Jay was right. Mm -hmm. Like Mark Briscoe's career was sidelined was sidetracked because of what his brother said, but that team never went anywhere. Right. Mark never bitched about the stupid stuff his brother said. Right. Like they were just uh, brothers, like what brothers should be like, again, you think about what they were and people should hate them, but everybody loved Jay Briscoe. Everybody. And it's just, you don't see it very often, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and it's one of those things where it's like, because I think a lot of people, the internet wrestling fan, they kind of represent like a certain segment of the population and they're probably all voting the same way right like i would say in large part and they're they're really out some of them a small a small minority of them really you know gotcha type people they really can't see the other side of a of a conversation they're not really interested um in any other anybody else's belief systems and things like that um but you know what the briscoes i think what briscoes represented was that they are like if you're no matter what side of the aisle, what side you vote on, no matter what your beliefs are, I think everybody could like the Briscoes regardless. And from what I gather, just from the outpouring of love and support they've gotten from their colleagues, it didn't matter where they came from or their background. Mm-hmm. Briscoes treated you the same, and they loved you no matter what. And they always had your back. And uh, and that's why so many people have come out and have their back. I agree with you. I think that um, the internet wrestling fan, of which we are members – they're yeah. oftentimes very judgmental and they don't like to have their views challenged. I mm-hmm. will discuss this later to challenge someone's views is akin to attacking their, their persona and people get really personal about it. Right. Perhaps Gil, perhaps I'm a little guilty of that myself. So, but I mean, like I said, our good buddy from WWE, we, my, my friendship with them started because we had a little online debate that started a little contentious. And then we had a good talk and it's like, he was like, Hey, you're cool. I'm like, yeah, you're cool too. And so we decided to become, we became friends. There's not enough yeah. of that. There's not enough Jay Briscoe's in the world. There's not enough people who hear somebody else's point of view and say, maybe I need to rethink this. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that we, we could stand because I mean, if all your friends look, act, and think the same way, you're you're really living in a bubble and you're sheltering yourself, right? Yeah, you're you're right. never gonna grow. You're never no. gonna improve. You know, if no. you don't experience people that are different than you, and accept them, even if it's people that you disagree with, even oh, if yeah. it's you know you you know what I mean. Like, say if you're a a a hipster from San Francisco, you should really befriend kind of a redneck religious guy from the south. And get to know what they're about and maybe let them get to know what you're about. And instead of attacking them for for their beliefs and stuff like that, maybe just get to know them and understand their beliefs and where they come from. Being part of two different online communities has been really awkward for me because they're two different. The amateur wrestling community is vastly different from the professional wrestling online community. Like 
polar polar opposites yeah and it's oftentimes i feel i find myself kind of caught in the middle even though i tend to politically agree more with the pro the pro wrestling side of things i have tons of friends and family and people that i love on that other side that i think can be absolutely stupid about stuff <laughs> but you know i'm like i go god you're freaking dumb but you know they think oh you know jd's that wacky liberal blah 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 and they'll laugh at me and i do the same thing for them I'm like yeah you know i just i don't think you have i don't think enough people are willing to hear from somebody else and willing to you know reconsider their positions you don't have to change every all the time when you're challenged but it's good to hear a challenge and like mm-hmm. listen to it and reevaluate it and jay briscoe someone from it was i don't know if you heard the wl today but you know separate you talked about sussex county and how people from that part of the world like oftentimes don't leave their communities and they are kind of sheltered and mm-hmm. you know pro wrestling were able was able to let those two experience a different world and that when your worldview is challenged it's a good thing it's a good thing yeah. to have your to have your perceptions challenged and to rethink things not enough people are willing to do that and not yeah. enough people are willing to stand up when their beliefs are challenged like when someone says you're wrong they immediately just go well, i'm not going to engage with you i'm i'm going to run away and not talk yeah. to you which is or or i'm going to hide behind a, a pseudonym online and i'm going to attack your entire character throw a block at you you know yeah. like like it's I, I stuff like that disappoints me because how does anyone learn how does anyone get better how do we share conversation like i don't under like conversation should be uncomfortable and tricky sometimes and not enough people are willing to engage in in conversation sometimes you know i always you know kind of after the the stuff come out I just got a great, I'm sorry. I just got a great text from my friend, Uh, John Muse. That was perfectly timed. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, I, Oh, I identified with Jay Briscoe a lot because he comes from Sussex County, Delaware, and uh, that's a certain type of community. I come from like a, a trailer house in the central Valley, California, a very, very red, like bleeding red district in California. And people, when, when people think California, they think that the entire state's blue. That couldn't be further from the truth. We have so many agricultural and, and blue collar rural areas um, that kind of think a certain way. And so the things that he said on Twitter, right, was those are normal words to me growing up where I'm from, right? And so it wasn't until I got a little bit older and then I joined the military that I started to learn about all these different people. And I had to learn how to work with all these different people and learn their likes and dislikes and learn about the culture and learn how to. And then now I'm in a leadership position. So I'm having to learn about all these different people and accept all these different types of people. And it was uncomfortable at first because I didn't know that. Right. I had to learn that and I had to grow into that. And and. I, I have so much respect for him, mm-hmm. um, not because of what he said, but because of how he handled it afterwards and the way he did go about um, apologizing and go really going out of his way to, be to real. His, and be real about it. And yeah. just say, man, I was just I was just ignorant. Right. And that's and that's what it was. He was just straight ignorant. He didn't he probably didn't know anybody that had that lifestyle. And he was he'd been taught a certain way his entire life up until that moment. And then when he sent those awful tweets, I I get the feeling he learned that he had a lot of people in his inner circle that he didn't know about that had that same that had the lifestyle that he was just insulting. Right. And and then it probably opened his mind and something clicked in his head. Not everybody is born woke. 
right? Not everybody's born accepted. You're you're born into this world, and then you're taught things from not only your parents but from your surroundings and the your the people that you grew up with, and then you have a lot of bad habits you carry off you carry with you into adulthood. Now it's your duty once you become adult that when you're called out on those things to learn and grow. And I feel like he did, um, and and it's a goddamn shame that he didn't get to 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 have the career that I think that he should have had. But you know what? Like I, I've said that and. I'm glad that he stayed in Ring of Honor as long as he did. I wish that he would have went to AEW, right, on in Ring of Honor's dying days. I, I wish, and that's that's what really upsets me. I'm glad he never went to WWE because he'd have been a bushwhacker, right? Um, I don't think TNA was the place for him either. I, I think Ring of Honor was the perfect place for them. Um, and then when AEW uh, sprung up, I thought AEW would have been the perfect place for the Briscoes. Um, but you had that issue there with Warner Media and they just couldn't get over it. Um, and that and that was my big disappointment. And I just remember last year when Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor and when I found out that they weren't bringing in the Briscoes, I just I went on the Boom podcast with our friend James McDaniel and I just went on a rant uh, basically saying the same things that I'm saying now. You got you got quite possibly the greatest tag team in the world and one of the greatest of all time. And this guy said this stuff and he you know I don't want to rehash it all. And you're not even willing to have a conversation with the guy. I bet that Warner Media guy that blocked it didn't even call Jay Briscoe to ask him no. what his life is like now, right? Didn't even ask his friends, well, what's this guy really like, right? All he knows is that there was that the, those two tweets that he sent out years and years ago, and he said that's the entirety of this man's character, who he was 10 years ago. He must still be the same, and I'm not willing to go out of my way to discover that, right? And that's, and that's the thing that sucks about this whole situation. And I'm just brokenhearted for him, and I'm um, broken. You know what? I'm only, mainly brokenhearted for the family. They they lost. You know, they lost uh, Jim and Pew. They lost uh, a great man, a great wrestler, a great father. You see the videos online of him and his girls, and you see the Facebook posts. And I'm honestly glad that you know we didn't have a podcast Tuesday. I might not have been able to do it because just as a as a, a husband and a father. You know, I just my and I have a little girl myself and I probably would not have been able to do the show without crying a bunch. So um, I was quite emotional over the whole thing because, you know, we said it here several times. The Briscoes, you know, they are my favorites um, and they're always going to be one of my favorites. I'm always going to cherish the the uh, the three match series with FTR, especially the dog collar match that closed out the series. I thought it was the best of the three. And it's, you know, one of my favorite matches of all time, man. Um, I think that as both of us were roughly the same age, you know, we grew up in the, in the nineties when certain language was a lot more prevalent and acceptable than it is now. And both of us have had to change things that we thought were acceptable to, you know, better ourselves today. And I see a lot of that. I saw a lot of them, Jay Briscoe and Tony Khan wanted him on the show. He's talked about it. He's talked about it because why wouldn't you want the Briscoes? Right. Right. Anyone who watched Ring of Honor will tell you how great these guys are and have been for a long time. And it is yeah. it is a damn shame. But like I said, I was I was at, I was after practice. So Andy and I went to Chipotle after practice to get dinner, which is kind of our thing on Tuesdays. And I opened up the Observer site and I saw that Jay Briscoe was dead. And I was I had to drive home the half hour drive from DeKal back to my house with my son. And I was like in the corner of my mind, like. You know, it's always it's always a fear that you never know with cars and stuff like that. It's scary, man. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary, man. Life is just way too short, and unfair. That's why it, it really it really is unfair. And um, he was taken from us way too soon. Thirty eight years old, just a year younger than me, man. It's yeah. 
it's it's crazy and i know his uh i know his his kids were hurt in the in the accident and i know his oldest kid is uh you know going through a fight right now there's a gofundme page set up Both not a gofundme there's a, a different website but there is a donation page um and i think they they reached their original goal of 50,000 so they set a new goal of 100,000 they surpassed that so they set it at 200,000 and um um you know God, God bless the Pew family. God bless uh, his, you know, Gracie, his daughter, and his wife, and obviously his brother Mark. Um, and uh, they just hope everybody um, can get through this tough, tough time, man. And uh, you know what? And you know, I know wrestling fans are going through it, man, because a lot of our audience have probably watched a lot of Ring of Honor, and they're our age. They likely grew up with the Briscoes. They yeah. like started, you know, the Briscoes were on TV since they were eighteen, right? And now they're thirty-eight. So. 20 year span you watch them start out as boys and then and then become men and uh unfortunately we you know we just lost jay so mm-hmm. um yeah man thank yeah. you said it well yeah all right guys um you know it's a hard transition to make but we got to make it we, we still we still have a show to do so um we're gonna go ahead and get into the impact recap is the the, the text from john muse is that is that show worthy or is that just a dm thing Oh, I'm gonna make it show worthy on Patreon. On Patreon, okay. Well, we'll it's the thing I. The it's the thing I texted you about earlier today. Okay, JD, okay. JD getting himself in trouble again on the internet. So, yeah. JD's got a big mouth. Everybody, God, he really does. <laughs> he really does. You sound uh, like my wife. She's right too. Yeah. Uh-huh. On uh, on BTI, the design Con and Angels defeated Delirious and Yummy Mora, and Yummy. that. I'm I'm running with it, and that was talking B- BTI, folks. Thank you, thank you for talking BTI with us. Controversial take: There's too many cons in wrestling. I th- I think we got Nick Con, Tony Con, Big Con. Who else? We got Killer Con, the Great Ocon, the Great Ocon. Yes, there's yeah. too many cons. Conrad Thompson. Okay. Um, after the match, Dina requested Callahan come down to the ring. He came down with his new haircut. Said it's, uh, it's time for Callahan to make the next right choice in the process. So he's going to see if he's willing to follow orders. The next thing you know, uh, Callahan gave Delirious the Cactus Driver 97. So Callahan's still trying to get into uh, the design. Callahan haircut, are we pro or we? I know we were both in favor of the haircut in theory, in execution. What do we think of Sammy's haircut? I, I think I'm a fan of the new haircut. Um, it's okay. Not, well, I mean, I, I thought I liked it when he lost the hair versus hair match a few years ago to Penta. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh, this guy kind of looks good with a buzz cut because before he kind of looked like he was half homeless. So did yeah. <laughs> he did in fact look like that? <laughs> Wasn't a fan of the hairstyle he was going. He had been wearing these past couple of years. I think this is a good change. Yeah, but I don't love it at the same time. Although I don't yeah. know, I'm not a hair guy, so I don't know what haircut would look good on Sammy Callahan. <laughs> I'm uh, as everybody knows. I'm BFI bald, so I'm not, I'm not really doing it, man. Judge. I'm not doing Come on, it. What? I'm not doing it. It's not gonna happen. We're gonna have to. We have to do a bet. I'm not gonna get BFI hair. It's not gonna we, happen. <laughs> we're gonna have to do a bet one day, <laughs> just to get you to be BFI hair. <laughs> I'm willing. To, let's keep that interesting. Let's keep that in mind for something good down the line. I will put. I will. Well, I'm willing to risk that. It's a Brady Childs scumbag. It's his fault. He he said that to me to D. He said that to me to DM, and I could, I was trying so hard to be mad at him, but it was too funny. I was like, well, I guess I got to roll with that now. He actually called me uh, Impact Bald, but uh, I was like, well, I got to put my gimmick on there, so I put BFI Bald. Yeah, that's way that's way better, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bald. 
He called me Impact Bald. I was just like, so you said, hey, Impact Bald, how's Hawaii? And I just like, fuck you. <laughs> oh, like, damn it. Uh, oh, it's like when someone gets you good, you can't even be mad at them. You just got to roll with it. It's like, no, you got me. You got to pay respect and move on. It's just take. Yeah. Oh, take the loss and try to get so better. The main, <laughs> the main show opened up with a, uh, a mini tribute to Jay Briscoe. Um, and then they went into the highlights of, Don, of Hard to Kill, which started with a tribute to uh, to Don West, man. So, you know what? Real quick, I'm glad that last Jay Briscoe thing. I'm glad we got to talk about him on this yes. show as a part of Impact in 2022. Like that was one I, of the best parts of, about this promotion last year was the fact we got a small taste of what the Briscoes could do. Yeah, you know what? And I meant to talk about that on our Jay Briscoe segment, and I just got too heavy on my rant. And it's so we do. It, it was it was so fun covering them in Impact, and I really thought that they just upgraded the whole show every time that they were on it. We didn't get them for very long; they were only in for a few tapings, and they were the tag team champions, and that was cool. Uh, before they, you know, they they gave them back to the Good Brothers, and I think the last time we saw them was at Slammiversary, because um, that's when uh, Tony Khan had re-signed them, but. 2022 is going to go down as a really good year in impact in retrospect. I really believe that now yeah. we have Santino. Oh, come on. All right. Um, so impact opened. Uh, yeah. So next thing you know, we got, um, did you watch uh, any of hard to kill? I know, I know you were busy all weekend. No, no, I, it was, um, if I can't it watch great. it live, it's not as fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it it was great. I um I you guys can go onto the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash fightgame media. I did kind of a solo review of it. Um, but I, I really had a lot of fun watching that show. I thought it was awesome. Um Mickey James came out, she's there to celebrate her knockouts uh, world championship win at Hard to Kill. She starts talking about how the last radio ended with her winning, so hardcore country was going to live forever. And then as she's thinking the fans, Bully Ray made his way uh, his way down to the ring. He told Mickey to get out, got in her face a little bit. Um, threatened to beat her up. Um, and at that point, Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans came down to the ramp and uh, said that if you're going to beat up Mickey, we want a front row seat, <laughs> which I thought was kind of clever. Uh, Steeles is great in this segment, by the way. Um, uh, Steeles wanted to take the knockouts championship from uh, James. Uh, Evans and Steeles attacked uh, James and Ray, went to grab a table. But Frankie Kazarian and Jordan Grace made the save. And then Santina Marella the director of authority came out and claimed he was going to make a decision what was happening in the ring, but he didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden some random funk music start hits and we got Ernest, the cat Miller. Uh, he came down to the ring to give Santino some advice about what to do. So they booked a six man tag, a trios match with all six uh, competitors. Um, and uh, Santino kept calling Bully Ray, Bobby Ray, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, so there you go. Uh, he made the six man tag immediately. What'd you think? I like Bully in this role. Me too. Mid-card, mid-card heel feuding with Mickey James. You know, I think that's a good use for him. I think yeah. that he is perfectly, you know, for his, I've been hard on Bully these last few months. So I'm going I'm to pull back a little bit because he's out of the main event. He's really good for his age. He's yeah. a really good promo. Good at getting heat. Completely unlikable human being. I respect that. Um, I just didn't want him in the main event. That was it. That was, that was the only good. problem. He's I just fine, didn't want yeah. the show. I didn't want it to be the Bully Ray show. That was which, 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 which it yeah. has been for a few yeah. months now. Like again, the whole like will he won't be fake like he'll turn. We all like it's coming. We said it for months. This is gonna happen. Mm. This is gonna happen. It happened, and he was like, "I got you." And I don't know, he didn't really. Got it. But in this role, 
he's fine. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Um, I dude, Santino makes me laugh. Um, and um, I like him. I like him in this role better than Scott Demore. I I'm disagree. a bigger fan of Santino. Really huge dis. I've never disagreed with you more. I'm gonna block you on Twitter. I hate you. We cannot be friends because we disagreed on this. Um, Brace for debate. I'm so <laughs> you found the button. That was great. Well timed. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, what are we debating? Santino. You so you you're not entertained by him at all, huh? Um, I mean, do I want to see one? Um, I think it's Michael Ciccarelli is his name. Uh, Tony Tony Corelli. Tony Corelli, that's what it is. Yeah. Um I knew it was something greasy. I'm Italian, I can say that. Um, oh, oh, okay. I, yeah, I'm Italian. It's fine. <laughs> um I, it's I don't know, it's not 2013 raw. Yeah, it, it, I don't it want is that. I don't want that. I don't want like if he is gonna be doing this shtick on this show for the rest of the year, it's gonna make this a really difficult watch for me. Like, I didn't like that era of Raw. Like, I don't want to see him, especially with an authority thing. And Ernest the fucking Cat Miller is out here now. <laughs> Come like, on. You didn't like Ernest Miller? I liked Ernest that Miller was in 2000. I thought Ernest Miller was fine he's, in 2000. For one, segment, for one segment, it would have been fine. Yeah. The fact that they brought him back, I'm like, all right, now it's too much. No, I don't, want, I, don't want, I don't want to watch Raws I didn't like. I didn't like Raw from 2003 to 2014. Like, why would I want Impact to be that? Like that's what yeah. I that's I don't I don't like that I don't like Santino he he can be kind of funny sometimes sure but this is gonna have this every week now like I, and he's got to like, we're gonna watch Dirty Dango and him talk about this is just gonna be you know <laughs> X WWE like guys who never got over like that's what we're right. gonna have on this show I have no interest I, I in think that. I think having Santino and Dango is a bit too much I I don't, I don't think we need Dango at all but I. I always got a kick out of Santino. He always made me laugh. So I never liked his. I don't. I don't want to see him wrestle, right? And I don't think we're going to because I think he's got a bad neck. But I think that's the reason why he retired. But uh, um, I, I popped huge just seeing Ernest. I haven't seen Ernest Miller on TV in twenty years, so that made me laugh. Um, so I thought it was. I think it was, you know it's cool for a one-off. I jokingly did say they should make him world champion, but I say that about everybody. You just say that about everybody. Um, yeah. And judging by the history of this company, why not? Um, I just don't. You know what? I would rather it be Ernest Miller as the whatever he's that, going to be. GM that's what Jason. That's what Jason Hagholm said. He was like, I agree with a, Jason. He's yeah. and again, Ernest Kettler was always a really good promo, right? He was yeah. always entertaining. He made stuff that shouldn't work work back in WCW. I like Ernest Miller. I don't like Raw 2014 or 2013. I don't want. I don't yeah. like that. This show is better than that, right? I just it's disappointing to me. Yeah, but man, when Santino called the Jerry Lawler Jerry stupid Lawler, like it still makes me laugh. Yeah, okay, randomly. yeah. I'm, I, I'm not going to disagree <laughs> with that. He did say stuff that was funny, but I don't want him yeah. like on my show every week. Like again, yeah. I, Scott was a wildly inconsistent character to me, but that was his character. He was needless. He was yeah. the, he was a needlessly hard on Josh Alexander more than anybody else on the show. <laughs> like, but it was Scott, and now I got to put up with Santino. Like it's just. Yeah. I don't know, he's gonna pull that stupid sock out of his pants and do the cobra thing, and it's so one thing I'll, I get Cornette about. I get him totally slapping that guy in the face. Like it totally makes sense to me. Uh, provide context to that, and I know oh, the story. Oh, that you're okay. Talking I'm about, sorry. I some should. People I should, might not know. I yeah. should explain because a lot of people. So <laughs> he was training um, Santino, uh, Tony 
Corelli? Tony Corelli. Corelli. He's training down in OVW. I believe he was in, I believe he was unsigned at the time. He was just in the intro class. And they debuted the Boogeyman on OVW Wrestling. And uh, Cornette instructed everybody to be afraid of him. And Santino, the future Santino, was laughing. Yeah, Santino was a he was a plant in the crowd. Plant, you're right. right? I'm sorry. He was a plant in the crowd and said, "Hey, you dickheads, you need to be scared when the when Boogeyman comes through." So oftentimes you see some fans that are a little bit over the top in their emotions because they're plants in the crowd. Yes. Yeah, it's it's pro wrestling. Anything you see yeah. on TV is a lie. So <laughs> Santino was not reacting; he was laughing. He says it was because his daughter, current NXT signee, I don't know if she's been on the show yet, was yeah, you know. uh, was scared. I ain't saying nothing. Um, was scared, so he was trying to make her feel better. But in reality, all you saw was him laughing his ass off at the boogeyman, <laughs> who, by the way, is not a scary human being. <laughs> no. Weird, not scary. So yeah. Mr. Cornette was not happy about that and proceeded to slap the piss out of Santino backstage, <laughs> getting him fired, getting Cornette fired from WWE, mm-hmm. and getting Santino a contract, according to Jim Cornette. And he was there for like the next 10 years, I think. Yeah, well, like, I made it work. It was like five or six years. So he had a, he had like a long judo a long career run. before he, yeah. before he came into pro wrestling and he was mm-hmm. kind of a shooter. And then he went to pro wrestling. So, mm-hmm. um, but they had the match Kazarian, Mickey James and Jordan Grace defeated Bully Ray, Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans. Uh, it was a fun match. Bully Ray was, Bully Ray was good here. I mm-hmm. think the crowd was really into it, and that, I think that made it all work. Typically, like this was a very WWE way to start the show. 100%. You know what I mean? They kicked right into it, but I felt like the way they did end the the fact that the crowd was really into it, completely opposite of the crowd in Albany after Bound for Glory that Oof. was just dead ass silent. Oof. This Atlanta crowd was hot, and they, they loved what they were seeing. So I think that made the whole thing. But it was it was a good match. Um, mm-hmm. After the match, Masha Slamovich's music hit. Oh yeah, Mickey James got the got the win over uh, Tasha Steeles. By the way, after the match, Masha Slamovich's music hit um, and issued a death warrant to Mickey James. So they're going to be coming up at the next uh, the next Impact Plus special in February. They're going to wrestle. Didn't didn't Masha just lose to the Witchy Woman? Uh, she did, but she won a number one contenders match at Hard to Kill, um, a four way match. So now she's the number one contender. Mm-hmm. More on Witchy Woman later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santino Marella and the cat were backstage. He was asking for some more advice. Well, he said that he's announcing a golden six shooter match where six former champions uh, would be in a match to determine who the number one contender would be. John Muse would book this match way better, and I already know what his well, idea yeah. would be. He told us, remember the, the tournament that we were all talking about? I do remember. Um, we'll, we'll do that someday. Yeah, we'll do that someday, but it just kind of the timing just didn't work out. So the, uh, the the finale that he had with all six members in the ring at the same time I thought mm-hmm. was phenomenal. Me too. He should really he should shoot. Well, they've already they've already taped it, so we already know what's going to happen next week. But um, so I just thought that was a, a better Muse's idea was better. Is what I'm saying. Muse. But a golden six shooter match where, okay. yeah, where six former champions would be in the match to determine the number one contender. Um, he, then he asked for some advice, and uh, Ernest Miller said, "Follow your heart, kid." And so good advice. Um, then Santino walked up to Dirty Dango, who was just randomly in the back, um, saying, hey, man, you spent time on the force. Fashion police. That was a fashion police uh, joke. Uh, and asked for advice. And then Steve Macklin walked up and was rightfully mad that Rich Swan, whom Steve Macklin just beat at the pay-per-view, is not a number one contenders match. Um, so they booked Macklin and Dango for later in the evening. 
So this is going to be raw where the show isn't complete while we're making the show. Like they don't know what they're doing. They're just showing up and nobody knows what's going on until the guy who's in charge makes matches. Like you got you, 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 I hate well, this shit. I fucking hate WWE booking. I hate it, man. I absolutely hate it. I don't like when it happens. I just, it's a joke. Everything is stupid. This is, it, it's painful. It's absolutely painful. I wanted Macklin to murder everybody in the scene and just stand there with blood dripping off of him. That's what I, that's what I was fantasizing in my head while I was watching the show tonight. That would have been way cooler. Way cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think a match that was booked before the show started was uh, Deanna Provazo defeating Dashley Dambois. Did I say Dambois? 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 Dambois. I think. I thought Dumbois. it was Dambois, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I zoned um, out. But anyway, Prazo kicked her ass. Um, I think, yeah, um, Prazo's just kind of uh, lost in the wind right now, not doing much. No. So she, she is. She beat a dubber. She is lost. Well, yeah, no, she's lost. She has an interesting storyline in a minute since um since Chelsea left. That's been a it's been a bit now. Yeah. Like, let's do something. It'd be nice. She's the one of the best wrestlers on the roster. So But what do you do? Like we had like a we had a super long feud with Mickey James, which is really good, by the way. Like yeah. a little over a year ago. I mean, I don't want to I don't think we can revisit that. Maybe she can feud with Witchy Woman. Uh, maybe, maybe. See how high she climbs. <laughs> uh, Gia Miller walked into the basement of the building looking for PCO, and she was really good in this segment. She was looking really like- good. I wanted to hate <laughs> this, but I couldn't because Gia was really good here. Yeah, and then she uh, she confronted PCO, who then just started screaming and shaking a fence, and then they cut the camera feed. So there you go. There's no feed. This is pretty like the show is shot yeah. to tape, so there is no feed. I just stuff like that makes me up again. Nobody knows that, but it's very right. terrible. But it's a good show. Yeah, uh, Trey Miguel was backstage trying to give a wrestling and respect lesson to Ashley Dumbois, and then Mike Jackson walked up and said he's going to teach Miguel a lesson in respecting women, and uh, then challenged him to a match next week for the X Division title. So Mike Jackson. 73 Mike, years old. Question Mike Action Jackson on this show, man. Just, <laughs> what are hey, we doing? Hey, we're not allowed to make fun of Noah for their aging roster anymore, right? Like, no, they're booking Mike Jackson. I can't make fun hey. of Fujita. Mike Jackson's hey. gonna get an X Division title match. Every time they go to Atlanta, Mike Jackson's gonna be there. They love that guy. He's Mike and you know what? It I is it is Mike fun Jackson. watching him. So I, like seeing some old codger. <laughs> Do a I, I cannot complain about old men wrestling. I'm a Noah no. fan. Like, yeah, that's all we get. It's Matsuka- What's the difference between Mike Jackson and Matsukatsu Funaki? Other than Matsukatsu Funaki actually was a badass at one point. Maybe Mike Jackson was. I don't know. But I mean, uh, 20 years. Uh, yeah, I would say uh, Mike Jackson's 73. Funaki's probably 53. And Funaki could probably still kick your fucking head off. Funaki would kick the shit out of me. I ain't going to argue <laughs> yeah. that one bit. Yeah. Like, not a great pro wrestler anymore, but you can beat your ass. <laughs> uh, Killer Kelly defeated Witch A Woman Taylor Wilde. Um, this I thought I thought this match was okay. Um, looks like they're really yeah. getting behind uh, Kelly. Uh, Taylor Wilde just kind of doing this new character. There's not really much going on with her. Um, she got a win over Masha a couple weeks ago, and she immediately took an L and took an L here. So, so what's um, the point? What was the point of beating Masha? That's what I'm saying. I, like, especially if we're it, gonna build Masha back to the title and we're not gonna do anything with you know the witch, yeah. why? I don't I don't just gonna act like, like it never happened. Yeah, but then gonna why like it do it? Exist. 
It's exactly. a it's a pre-taped show. I'll never I will never get these decisions. I don't. I don't get them. Yeah. Yeah. But I I I did I did like what they did here and this is kind of a heavy knockouts TV show. I, I thought the women were featured pretty prominently on here. So I think uh, I think our buddy Sam's going to be pretty happy with the show with all the knockouts uh, that are on it. Um and then they uh, they cut to the design. They were uh, they were with Callahan saying that joining the design was a seven-step process, which means we have a lot more shit to go through. Um, and Callahan completed the first two steps. The next step was for him to win the Golden Six-Shooter match and take the Impact World Tag or World Heavyweight Championship and bring it back to the design. Um, I cannot wait for this to end. I miss Eric Young so much. Like, yeah. I was so over-violent by design. But if I had known what was waiting for me, I would have kept my mouth shut and been happy with what we had. This is yeah. this is like the new Nexus. Like yeah. this is like NWO <laughs> Hollywood. Like <laughs> it's 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 any it's well any version of Degeneration X really. Like it's, it's uh, so bad. for a TNA a TNA it's TNA reference it's the DCC. You remember yeah. that? That was, was James the, Storm and Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston and somebody else. Uh, it was, was it? Wasn't it the? Was it Bram? It was Bram. Was it Bram? And then I, I, for some reason, I re- I remember fucking what's his name? Cold Skull from New Japan. What's his name? Sonata. Was Sonata, Sonata in the DCC? He, he was doing something with James Storm. I thought it was DCC. I can't remember. It was a lot. I was kind of in and out of TNA back then. I was then, in and out of so. TNA at that point, too. And again, I found paper. I told you there was a faction with James Storm and Eddie Kingston. You'd be like, well, that sounds pretty cool. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, no. It was it really was bad. The, it was the opposite of cool. They wore suits <laughs> and had like these face plates on. It was terrible. <laughs> just, yeah, bad, bad TV. Hey, who uh, that? Just, remember, you remember who the Booker was? Bro, bro. No, no, it wasn't. Bro. No, it was Billy who? Corgan. Billy Corgan. Oh, yeah, that's why it was so bad. Yeah, it was the Billy days. Okay. Uh, Giselle Shaw walked up to Santino and asked for a Knockouts World Tag Team Championship match, but she doesn't have a tag team partner. <laughs> so Santino just started asking every woman that walked by if they'd be her partner, and uh, they just kept saying no. And then he said, all right, well, I guess I'll find you a partner. That's how bad this fucking division is. Is like, hey, look, I want a tag team title shot. Well, you don't have a partner. And so now they're just going to try to find her one. <laughs> what, can I, what more can I say? Yeah. Um, and then Macklin defeated Dirty Dango. Um, so this was okay. I just wish that, like you said, that the bell would have rang. Macklin would have blitzed the motherfucker, elbowed his face until it bled. And then left him in a pool of his own uh, plasma and walked I, out. I wish Dango would have looked like Ruby Soho at the end of last week's Rampage. Yes. That would have made me so happy and have Macklin like wipe his blood in his face. Something Moxley would do. Like I want Macklin to just lay waste to this roster at this point because I'm so frustrated with all this. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they just couldn't. You know, Dango's probably making you know 500 bucks and you know a, a buffet gift card so the probably is like i'm not gonna bleed but that's what they should have done they should have found somebody willing to do that so we don't there's not a lot of blood in impact we don't see a lot of blood on this show well, i mean granted, aew we got enough blood for like 10 different wrestling shows but i mean yeah they, they try to save it there was blood in the alexander bully ray match and there's blood in the main event tonight so that's true um, there was blood in the main yeah. event tonight. uh then the major players talked about how uh they're on a poor run lately um more on them and patreon stand Moose walked up and pointed out that the bad luck started when Joe Hendry defeated Myers for the Digital Media Championship. 
And then the Cardona replied that he was him and Myers are the greatest digital media champions of all time, which is funny for a title that's a year old, and uh, said that he's going to get his digital media title back. And I think they're doing that next week. Whatever. Moose kill these guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, Dave LaGreca from Busted Open sat down with Tummy Dreamer and talked about the, his history with Bully Ray. And uh, Bully Ray said that uh, he loses battles, but he'll never lose a war. And him and Bully are at war. So I get the feeling that tables and thumbtacks are coming to impact with two 50-year-olds um, slapping hands. Cool. Cool, cool. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer yeah. and Bully Ray. Great. Is it 1998? No, it's not? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, and then in the main event, I'm going to say I sent you a text message. This is right after this is right after the match is over. I'm going to read the text that I sent to JD. As I just I just wanted to get this out. I said this pit fight is by far the best thing I've ever seen Mike Bailey or Kenny King do, and I absolutely mean that. And I know you know to Bailey. Be fair, to be fair, you have never seen Kenny King perform at Chippendales. Have I have I really not? <laughs> I thought that was a joke a couple weeks ago that I <laughs> so so Mike Bailey <laughs> God damn it JD you got, got off track. So Mike Mike Bailey, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um yeah. but nobody cares about him. They like they're like when Mike Bailey's on the card, like, okay, you know you're gonna get a great match, right? You know you're gonna get spectacular moves, great kicks. And dramatic near falls, but nobody gives a fuck if he wins or loses, right? Zero and that's character. Because there's zero character. Kudos to Kenny King. And I've always been pretty tough on Kenny King because I don't think Kenny King's all that great. No. But he pulled he pulled it out of Mike Bailey. Mike mm. Bailey finally cut a good promo. We actually got behind Mike. We wanted to see Mike win badly. And Mike was bleeding. And they actually took a blood sport match, made it into a pro wrestling match, and I thought they did a hell of a job with it. Um, I liked the story that they told. I liked the – there was no real near falls because you couldn't, couldn't win by uh, pin or submission, but I, I liked the near finishes, I would say, that, that they had throughout the match. I liked the, the illegal chair shots. I loved Mike Bailey climbing up the side of the ring post where there's no ropes or turnbuckles, just kind of scaling up the side and doing a flip off the top of it. I loved everything about this match. I'm going to go back and watch it again. This is by far my favorite Mike Bailey match ever. And I guarantee you, he had some 35-minute, 57,000 near falls and whatever bullshit in a match that people are going to like better. I'm telling you, this one's better. So uh, Bailey just won Bola, right? And um, I kind of went, oh, that's cool. Um, Because I watched Bailey and Impact because, you know, this is what we do. And I agree. Like I've said this many times, what is a speed? What is a speedball? Why? Why do we? Why do I care? Like I said again, the guy has good matches, but again, for me, I need, I just need to get invested in characters. Like I need, yeah. I need that. I just, I need more to my fake fighting. Like I don't approach. Garrett and I had a good talk about this last week, where he looks at things. This is from a very sports minded brain. And again, like I'm an athlete, I coach, but I mean, like I don't. I come at this from a very character driven brain, and like that's why I have a hard time with speedball. But god damn, was this good? Yeah. Worked MMA is really hard to make interesting. And they did a great job. And this is probably one of the best things I can remember Kenny King doing because he was just a perfect foil for speedball. This whole little run they've had. I have mm-hmm. never cared more about speedball. I've never been more interested in speedball. 
Like, I really felt for the guy for the first time. This is what frustrates about Impact sometimes, is we're capable of this, but we always got to have that. And it's the that that drives me crazy when something like this just makes me yes, this is this can be pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Two dudes hate each other, and you have a reason. You have a baby face that, like, makes you care. Like, that's all I want from pro wrestling, man. And like, it was just... I love this match. This is one of my favorite impact matches in a long time, to be honest with you. This was yeah. excellent. Yeah. Excellent. This was uh this this isn't a hot take between you and me because we've discussed this before. Mm-hmm. This is a hot take for our audience. This match was better than the 60 minute match with Josh Alexander. I agree. It, it absolutely was. And I and I love both the wrestlers, and I thought that match was really good. This match was better because I still at the end of that match. I didn't learn anything new about Bailey. I knew that he was a great wrestler already, but I didn't care about him. Like he, Mm -hmm. like that match did not make me do anything to make me care about Bailey. This match did. I got behind Bailey. I wanted Bailey to win. I wanted him to, to, to defeat his, his foe. Uh, And I learned a little bit of something about, he was wearing something different. He was wearing his judo, his uh, judo pants, whatever they're calling it. And Hannafin told us the story behind it. Yeah, Hannafin told us a story behind it. Like he's a true martial artist, and we we just got behind it. Um, and that's why he wanted this pit fight match because he's doing his George St. Pierre stuff. George St. Pierre also a Taekwondo guy, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and a Kyoshin Karate guy. So I I loved it. I I this was like, you know, on a very like, you know, I there's some entertaining stuff on the show. No real great matches until the main event, and the main event just fucking like get, made me give this whole show a thumbs up because the main event was so good. Um, I, I said, and I think we were both kind of on an Island of not the 16 minute match is good. Don't get me wrong, but there was, it was just there. There was no reason yeah. for it other than we were eating up time on a taping. Like at no point did I believe speedball was going to be the champion. Like it was just a long match to have a long match. Yeah. Right. And this was a story. Mm-hmm. This was a personal issue between two men that wanted to beat the shit out of each other. And I just, why does pro wrestling need to be more than that? You know, that, like yeah. it's, it's, I don't like watching pro wrestling for magic and the fiend. And again, I'll, I'll tap into this more cause I got a rant plan for the Patreon. Sorry. But like, man, this is just, this was everything I like about wrestling. Like, and I yeah. never thought I'd say it for a speedball match. Cause I kind of like being on, on an Island of eh, speedball, but this is impacted a great job with this whole thing, man. Kenny King, the best he's been in a long time. Like this was, this was excellent. Go out of your way to watch this. If you haven't. And one thing that I want to give them credit for too, is I I think that they, they probably wanted to have this match on the pay-per-view, but there was already a lot on that pay-per-view. And so they built a long-term story with the payoff being on television. And that's not something the impact does. They save everything for their monthly events or for their pay-per-views, but AEW, their model, since they're only doing things every four months, a lot of their payoffs are on television and it makes the show more interesting. And I kind of like that they save this payoff, this blow off match for their television show. And I think that they need to do more of that. Um, I agree. I agree. We need more reasons to watch TV, right? Yeah. The, the, uh, the pay-per-view model, boy, the, the dynamics of everything sure is changing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that AEW does a really good job of giving us at least one excellent professional wrestling match every week. Right, in a way that makes us kind of makes them kind of forgettable sometimes, but in another way keeps me entertained every week. And if if Impact can do something similar, right, just give me at least one excellent professional wrestling match every week. You know, it's going to make the rest of the dumb shit I have to put up with, you know, a little bit more palpable. 
palatable. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. Why well, everybody, if uh, you're listening to us on Apple podcasts and Spotify, or if you're watching us on YouTube, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, we're going to head over to Patreon to keep the Patreon or keep the conversation going. Uh, we're going to talk some Matt Cardona news. I think we got, we might have some inside news and we might have inside track on some of that news, but uh, s- some stuff's coming out about him. Uh, Devon Dudley leaves the WWE CW network, um, vice media, <laughs> Stuff going down with Vice Media. There's some stuff that might be going down with Bellator. Lots of stuff going on. So, uh, so bang it right here. Go to patreon.com slash fightgamemedia, and we are out.